Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, we thought we would run a story that was mentioned in an episode that we released just a couple of days ago. That episode was called Mind Over Matter, which featured Darylise Lyons. And in her story, A World Apart, she referenced this prior story she told about that same relationship. So it's very interesting to compare A World Apart to this story you're about to hear to show these different points in the same relationship. So without further ado, here is Darylise Lyons with a story we call Bullets on the Floor. In the winter of 2009, in the middle of blizzard season, I'm released from my 18th inpatient eating disorder treatment facility. For the past decade and a half, I'd been binging and purging and starving and taking a hundred laxatives at a time until I'd be laying on the bathroom floor writhing in pain and in agony, feeling like I was exploding from the inside out. My eating disorder started because as a child and an adolescent, there were a lot of things that happened that should have made me angry at my family or angry at the world. But instead, I got angry at myself. When I get out of treatment in 2009, and I'm not binging or purging or destroying myself with laxatives, I don't have a way to express my self-hatred. And then I meet someone on Craigslist. Lee has a mohawk and a tattoo sleeve. And on our first date, I ask her, what did you do last weekend? Not much, she replies, taking a french fry and eating it. 
I took a baseball bat to some douchebag's knees, but don't worry, he deserved it. <laughs> Lee is five foot two inches to my five foot seven and a half, but she's done time in prison and she owns a gun and she knows how to fight. I find her anger incredibly alluring. I think if I can learn to be angry like her at other people, maybe I can stop being so angry at myself. Early in our relationship, she tells me things like, you know, Dara, I love you, but if you ever cross me, I'll hurt you. And um, other endearing things like, if you ever cheat on me, Dara, don't tell me because I'll fucking kill you. We fuck a lot and fight a lot. Despite my best intentions, I don't ever learn how to be angry at other people and stop being angry at myself. But what I do learn is how to provoke Lee's anger so that it's her hurting me instead of me hurting me. But I find that Lee is too overall affectionate and too sporadically cruel to satisfy whatever self-destructive impulses I have. So I end up doing the one thing that she's told me not to do. I cheat on her and then I tell her about it. I don't expect her to kill me, I expect her to punish me by leaving, but instead, Lee punishes me by staying. For months and months, she looks at me with daggers in her eyes. She calls me things like slut and whore, which don't bother me all that much, but then she starts calling me fat, which is pretty much the cruelest thing you can say to someone who's in early recovery from anorexia and bulimia. The strain and the stress and the emotional pain of being with someone who hates me more than she loves me literally twists my intestines into knots. My colon shuts down and I don't shit for over four weeks. I'm admitted to Jefferson Memorial Hospital here in Philadelphia and the doctors put me through all manner of tests and then finally they go in and suction the waste out of me via colonoscopy and the next day they come in and I'm still kind of laying in bed groggy and they say to me, Dara, you have Hirschsprung's disease and you need to do this intensive bowel retraining program and also you need to avoid stress. So as soon as they walk out of the room, I know what I have to do. <sighs> I call Lee and I tell her that even though I still love her, I need us to be over. We can talk about this in person, I say, but I just needed to tell you before I lost my nerve. Fuck you, she says. You're dead to me, and then she hangs up. And I sit there, stunned, but also oddly excited because almost losing part of myself has made me realize that I don't wanna be the target of abuse anymore. I don't know what life would be without being the victim of my own rage or someone else's, but I know I wanna find out. A week and a half after I'm released from treatment, I get a text message and <laughs> it says, I'm picking up my shit tonight. When I get there, you better not be fucking anyone because if you are, I'll kill you and I'll kill him. In the year and a half that Lee and I have been together, she's left a lot of things at my place, but there's nothing of mine at hers. I left a t-shirt there once and when she got mad at me, she shredded it and then used it as cleaning rags. It's pitch black when I hear a car pull up outside. Lee doesn't knock. She doesn't ask for permission. She lets herself in using her key. I gave it to her a few months into our relationship when we were fucking more and fighting less and when we seemed happier together than apart. Her eyes are icy. She's dressed in this long black trench coat. Do you want to talk? I ask her. Not now. 
She storms upstairs and slams the door. I can hear drawers opening and closing, and I just hope it's her stuff that she's throwing around and not mine, but I don't go upstairs to check because I'm afraid of her, and I don't want a confrontation. I hear the bathroom door open and then close, and the toilet flush. I hear water running. There's drops on porcelain, and then the bathroom door opens again, and she comes back downstairs, storms outside, puts her belongings in her Toyota Scion. It was a purple car. I don't know who drives a purple car, but she had a purple car. And then she storms back in again. I'm sorry, I say to her. And she takes her key off the key ring, and she throws it at me, and it hits me in the chest, and then it ricochets, and it falls to the floor. And we lock eyes for a minute. And her eyes are steely, and they're cold, and they're cruel. And in the past, no matter how angry she's gotten at me, every time she's looked at me, there's been love intermixed with anger. But this time, all I see is violence. And then Lee hits me, and I call out for help, and I fall to the floor, and I'm protecting myself, and I'm screaming, and I'm squirming, and I'm trying to get away from her, and I feel her blows raining down on me. And then my neighbors are banging on the wall between apartments, and they're threatening to call the police, and Lee yells, fuck you, and then she storms out of the house, and she slams the door behind her, and I hear her getting into her car and peeling away in that purple Toyota Scion. And I'm just left in my apartment, aware that I didn't fight back, but I did try to shield myself, and that somehow feels different. And I know I don't want to inflict anger on my body anymore. And so I go upstairs, and I go to sleep, and in the morning around 6 a.m., I wander out of bed, and I'm groggy, and I go to the bathroom, and I sit on the toilet, and I feel something beneath my feet, and it's cold, and it's hard, and it's deadly. And I look down, and on my white tile floor, there's five bronze bullets. And until that moment, I thought Lee might hurt me, but I never thought that she would follow through on her threat to kill me. And I'd never realized how much I valued my own life. And so I call the police, and they come out, and they collect the five bronze bullets, and they put them in this plastic evidence bag, and then they fill out a police report, and they give me all the papers that I need to go get a temporary restraining order against her. And I do, and before the temporary restraining order can become permanent, I get a phone call from Lee. She's been crying. I guess you found the bullets, she said. And I can hear in her voice that something deep inside her has shattered. And she says, you know, I planned on killing myself that night. And if the bullets hadn't fallen out of my jacket pocket onto your floor, I would probably be dead now. And so I asked her, so you weren't planning on shooting me? And she says, oh my God, no, Dara. I couldn't ever do that to you. I love you. I don't want to hurt you. And I tell her that I don't deserve to have her hit me or leave bullets on my bathroom floor. And she cries harder. And we get off the phone. And I realize that there's been a fundamental shift, that somehow being together has taught Lee how to get angry at herself. And somehow being together has taught me how to get angry at someone else. 
And you know, Lee left those bullets on my bathroom floor nearly nine years ago now, and I imagine that they're probably still sitting in a police evidence bag somewhere that maybe they've been disposed of. But whenever I start to feel myself drifting into old patterns of behavior or old patterns of emotion or self-hatred, I take a deep breath and I envision those five bullets, bronze and shiny on my white, cold tile bathroom floor. And that's all it takes to remember that instead of being rageful at myself, today I give myself full and unconditional permission to get angry at somebody else. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.